0: Welcome to the Incluvi Movie Podcast, where we talk about all things media and diversity. I'm Matthew Stiuso.
1: And filling in for Dara this week, I'm Francesca Fox.
0: For today's podcast, we're going to be discussing Coming to America, the follow-up to the iconic and groundbreaking 1988 film Coming to America, starring Eddie Murphy as King Akim, the leader of the fictional African nation of Zamunda.
1: But before that, we're going to get into our pop culture moment and talk about what's new and trending in entertainment.
0: Well, 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 (laughs) the 93rd Academy Awards have come and gone, and I suppose unprecedented times call for an unprecedented ceremony, which is certainly what we got. We're going to start with the good news, uh, because there were plenty of big moments to celebrate. As we had hoped and predicted, Chloe Zhao took home the award for Best Director, making her the second woman to win the award and the first woman of color to win this accolade. It really feels amazing to be present for this moment in history, and I hope in the future, when female directors winning becomes commonplace, we can look back on this moment very fondly. We also have another big win for Asian representation, with Yoon Ye-jung from Minari winning Best Supporting Actress and delivering a pretty great speech, not only calling out everyone for mispronouncing her name, but also calling out Brad Pitt for being absent as an executive producer and allowing the film to run out of money. It was really amazing to see her take him to task and not be apologetic about anything.
1: Of course, there were some disappointing and even bizarre moments. Uh, firstly, we have to talk about Chadwick Boseman not winning his much deserved Oscar, in my opinion. Um, it was the biggest letdown of the night for me. Mm. Um, I'm actually a fan of Anthony Hopkins, but I feel like the whole anticipation And the reason to even watch the show was kind of centered around Bozeman due to his brilliant performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. So uh, with the best actor category going last and Hopkins not even being available to speak, it was really strange to have that whole category go like that. Um, It just didn't make any sense to me. But then, you know, we had Joaquin Phoenix give a very awkward speech oh my God. <laughs> to introduce nobody really. But you know, I guess it f- really fit the mood at the end of the night. Um, I think it was unexpected that white actors would once again, win the actor best actor, best actress categories, especially because the number of nominees who were diverse in so many ways were present. But then again, should we really be surprised? Uh, half of me thinks, you know, we should just celebrate the wins, but I have more of an inclination to be a bit pessimistic, so I think I'm going to stick with that.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, that's super fair. They make it very hard to leave satisfied. As always, there's, you know, steps forward and backwards, and I'm not sure if it's taking us forwards overall, if we're just kind of ending up in the same place that we started. But I do want to say that it's very cool that Nomad Land and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and the movie that we're covering next week promising young woman were all successful at the ceremony we're glad to know that the oscars are recognizing cluvies especially ones that are genuinely deserving of recognition
1: yes i i agree we definitely love to see that but for now let's get into our topic of the day amazon prime's coming to america
0: Almost 30 years after the premiere of its predecessor, Coming to America reunites the original cast of Coming to America, including legends Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, and James Earl Jones. The film, directed by Craig Brewer, sees Murphy's Prince Akeem, now King of Zamunda, forced to reach out to an estranged American son, played by Jermaine Fowler, in order to produce a sufficient male heir. They are also joined by newcomers Kiki Lane, Wesley Snipes, and Leslie Jones. Now, with all that aside... What did you think of the film, Francesca?
1: Yeah, okay. Um. Honestly, I wasn't really a fan. Uh, at least not in the way I was with the original film. I, I think there was a lot of potential, but it fell short to me. The plot wasn't that great. I just wasn't impressed by the storyline. I mean, if you have to find a loophole in your own original film just to fulfill a plot idea, then to me it's like maybe you, you know, Maybe that idea wasn't that great itself to yeah. begin with. Um, the characters almost seemed less developed too, like relying heavily on almost outdated stereotypes at this point. And it was like a clash of too many undeveloped worlds coming together after like 20 years. So yeah, I just didn't think it was that funny, um, which is a big part of why the original worked so well to me. Um the only time I laughed was with Wesley Snipes' character, General Izzy. It was hilarious. His whole getup yes. and demeanor was was pretty great to watch. Uh, it's impossible not to compare the original and the sequel, uh, which I think the writers knew that going in because a lot of the dialogue focused on references to the first coming to America. But I digress. Uh, what was your take, Matthew?
0: Yeah, I feel like you really kind of hit the nail on the head with that description. Um, I watched Coming to America when I was very young. I have like a very fond memory of it for whatever reason. I think I just saw it a lot. It was on TV a lot when I was younger. And watching this movie, it just felt kind of soulless to me. And it brings me no joy to have to deliver like such a negative critique to a movie like this, especially because of everything that the first one accomplished and the barriers that it kind of broke down and what it represented. But this movie really kind of exemplifies this upsetting trope of just rebooting every single show or movie because companies behind them know that nostalgia sells rather than maybe greenlighting a project that they're not sure about yet because it hasn't been established in Hollywood. And I don't think that the idea of a sequel to coming to America is the worst idea. I mean, a lot of popular movies have sequels. Um, and I think there was a lot left to explore about Zamunda, but I just feel like this movie was like written by a computer or a bot or something. The characters just like all seemed like worse versions of themselves. And like you said, that loophole of saying Akeem had an illegitimate son basically without his consent or knowledge, was just, like, not funny. And it really diminished, in my opinion, the love story of Akeem and Lisa McDowell. Mm -hmm. And I agree that a lot of the stereotypes and the humor just felt dated. And I'm not saying that because I necessarily believe that comedy has to be politically correct. I just feel like comedy has to be... Funny. Yeah. And the ironic thing about the movie to me is the storyline with Mika, Akim's daughter, wanting to be queen but not being able to because of old traditional laws. That right there is a perfect plot to be the main focus of a sequel and it wouldn't have forced them to retcon in The American Sun. We could see Mika going to America. We could have Mika having an American boyfriend who comes to Zamunda if they really wanted to highlight Zamunda in the sequel. And in my opinion, I feel like there's a lot of potential for humor there, as well as an opportunity to highlight women in the franchise, which they didn't do so much of in the original and didn't really seem to do much of in this one either.
1: Yeah. Even while I was watching the film, I... I really wanted to see more of Mika in her own quest. And instead, she kind of ended up being like a secondary character when, as you said, there was a great opportunity to have her story be the main focus conflict of the sequel. I mean, I would have loved to have seen a Mika going to America or, you know, mm-hmm. even have like, you know, maybe she goes there for college and brings back this boyfriend. And, you know, since we're... You know, 20 years into the future, there definitely has to be some generational conflict there. So that could have really been funny. Um, And yeah, I think a lot of the women in the movie were either caricatures or, you know, these voices of wisdom to help resolve conflict and support the male leads. Uh, and I would have totally been fine with the film only centering on Mika and this challenge that she had to face in coming to America with that pushback of being queen because they needed to fulfill this male heir kind of like that princess diary story where oh, you know, yeah you have to prove you have to prove yourself to be queen because nobody really thinks you can do it <laughs> And it makes you wonder why the sequel couldn't have just been completely centered around Zamunda without this reliance on going back to America when most of the film ended up being in Zamunda anyway. Um, Which you're right. It was great to see that world come to life. New title idea, maybe. Coming to Zamunda.
0: Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like the sequel didn't honor the first one and it didn't Bring anything new to the franchise. And I think that's at the end of the day what a sequel needs to do is yeah. is improve.
1: Yes. I agree. So
0: the fact that the cast and the writer returned, you wouldn't expect the result that you got. But to me, it kind of just reeked of like corporate interference or studio interference down to, like, bizarre product placement of Fashion Nova. I actually could not stop thinking about that. They referenced (laughs) it several times. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if Coming to America is a designer outfit, Coming to America is kind of like the fast fashion version of the original. Yes. (laughs) I mean, especially when you take certain elements side by side, like Akeem and Lisa had this wonderful love story And then in this one, you have Lavelle and Marimbe, and it was just like, it just didn't hold up. Yeah. But I will say, what did hold up was the production quality. I will say the production quality improved, for sure, because of what they have the ability to do in 2020 that they didn't have the ability to do in the 1980s. So with Zamunda being so iconic in such a grand African kingdom something on par with Wakanda as they literally reference in the movie it was really stunning to see the set pieces and the costumes and the special effects done with the level of quality that I feel that Zumunda deserved but on that note the original did so much more with less and had heart and humor so I really just don't know exactly where they went wrong here
2: yeah
1: Firstly, let me just also applaud the production quality. I mean, mm-hmm. the costumes and the sets are just like full of color and grandeur. I I think the joke about Wakanda is interesting because Zamunda, from a visual aspect, was one of the first times I ever saw an example of such a grand, regal African kingdom in a movie. And we definitely have to give props to costume designer Ruth E. Carter, who also arranged the costumes for Black Panther. So she definitely has a portfolio full of just gorgeous, beautiful costume designs for this African royalty look. Mm -hmm. And I think it's safe to assume that after the success of seeing Wakanda come to life, there is that opening to see more African royalty. Uh, which, personally, I'm all for it, if they can do it right. And, you know, as of late, I haven't been disappointed in seeing those designs. I think even Beyoncé has her own tribute to exploring this African regality and roots in Black is King. So
0: yeah, yeah. it was really
1: cool to see that. And the dances, music, even the fight scene with Mika, Tinashe, and Oma made me think of the Shuri, Okoye, and the other trained fighters from Wakanda. I think the fact that we can see connections is actually a really cool thing especially when there are so many narrow images of African people and even Af- and even black Americans in film and television. Yeah. Not not everyone is going to have that connection to Africa and you know they don't have to, but it's still exciting to see that ongoing incorporation of, you know, flipping the narrative about what people think when they think of Africa. Um, now, I don't expect a trequel from coming <laughs> to America in another 20 plus years, but it is exciting to see where we'll be at then with these you know, African royalty influences. Um, hopefully not still making sequels just for the sake of a sequel, though.
0: Yeah, I will say they did just announce um, Black Panther 2 will be called uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and wow. I feel like it's just going to be so good.
1: Oh, yeah. I hope's there. I hope's. After a quick break, we'll be joined by Dante Orange to share his thoughts on the film and its cultural significance.
0: We all could use a little bit more time in our days. So why not save yourself a trip to the grocery store with Instacart? you're able to shop from your favorite retailers and have all of the ingredients you need for dinner, your favorite movie night snacks, and much more delivered to you in as fast as two hours. Everything is carefully hand-selected by a personal shopper based on your preferences. And now with contactless delivery, your order will be safely left at your doorstep. To get free delivery on your first order over $35, follow the link in the show notes to let Instacart know we sent you and help support the show. Instacart. Never step foot in a grocery store again. Okay, so for this part of our podcast, we're going to be joined by Dante Orange, a Illinois-based filmmaker and Incluby critic whose work focuses on comedy and social commentary, specifically in films uplifting the Black community. How are you doing, Dante? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing just great. So, we're here today to talk about coming to America, but we're also definitely going to talk a little bit about the first one and how the two relate and compare. But let's just start off right off the bat. What are your initial thoughts on coming to America?
2: Well, first off, I was thrilled to see Eddie Murphy revisit a landmark film that is widely considered to be his best. The fact that 99.9% of the original cast, the exception being Matt Sinclair, unfortunately, who passed in 1995, are still alive and well to do the sequel after 30 plus years. That is an amazingly rare feat that should be celebrated. And in addition to that, for many years, we've had fantasy worlds like The Land of Oz, Hogwarts, Middle Earth, and Pandora, just to name a few. (laughs) But the issue with that is that they're all or predominantly Caucasian. The only worlds people of color have had to enjoy are Marvel's Wakanda, famous for Black Panther, and of course Zamunda, where the Coming to America films take place. And aside from that, unfortunately, a lot of Black films take place in urban communities where there's a lot of poverty, tragedy, (laughs) broken families, stereotypical representations. Whereas here in the Coming to America films... We see a place where Black people are celebrated for their prestige and their greatness. And to see a new chapter in the coming series was not only empowering, but also very refreshing at a time where Black lives are, I don't even want to, I can't even really say it, it's upsetting, but to see Black people celebrated in a positive light at this time in the world was very breathtaking. That's the best I can put. Yeah.
0: You had mentioned that you sort of focus on movies that uplift the black community and you would say that this one was just a very kind of joyous celebration rather than something that would be exploitative or traumatic. Um, and then that's really the kind of representation that we want to see. We want to see different facets of the black community. Um, so to see like the regalness of coming to America was something that you appreciate.
2: Yes. And I would say also as a filmmaker, I would say not just the black community. I'm all about diversity and inclusion. Hence what Incluvey Inclu- Re- represents. As a writer, I try to include every walks of life in my story. I have black people, I have white people, straight people, gay people, men, women, people from all across the board, because I know when I step outside, I don't live in an all black world. I don't live in an all white world. I live in a world with people different colors, different backgrounds, different beliefs, different understandings, and you bring them all together, it can potentially be a beautiful thing. And that's what the world needs to see more of. I don't want to promote division in my work. And I don't even want to portray anything dark or sad in my stories. This is something I learned from one of my heroes, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. When he makes a film, he refuses to do a film that ends on a sad note. He doesn't like doing those kind of films because he says that people go to the movies For release. They go to have fun. They don't want to be reminded of the harshness of reality. And for a film like Coming to America, that's what that was for me. I walked away feeling good about myself, feeling like I could do anything, felt like I was a king. And at the time the film was released on Amazon, I unfortunately had two losses in my family back to back. And to watch that at that time, that's what pulled me out of that funk. To remind me that, yes, at some point in your life things are gonna be dark, are gonna be sad, but there are reasons like this that you still have something to smile about. So you have to keep pressing for the future and remember in your heart, you are a king, you are worthy, you are strong, just like the story of Prince of King has taught people for generations now.
0: That's powerful. Yeah, so I mean, 30 years after the original Coming to America, uh, I feel like the story is sort of just as relevant or just as important or just as necessary um, as it ever has been. Um, it's just always kind of been about joy and something that you mentioned was sort of the intersectionality of race and gender. And um, I'm sort of curious to hear your thoughts on how coming to America might have sort of improved uh, or been more of the time of 2021.
2: Well, I'd say compared to the original 1988 film coming to America makes a lot of progress and it's, portrayals of women, and then it does have its faults. It's not just because I enjoyed the film and many others have enjoyed it, and that doesn't make it perfect. How it portrays women, that's one thing I particularly respect. It's how each of the female characters are strong in their own way. And and for the first time, this film has a stronger presence of female characters versus the original. Because in the original film, we only had three major female characters. that had the Queen, Akeem's mother, who unfortunately didn't have much screen time. You have, of course, Lisa McDowell and her sister Patrice. And of those three, Lisa and the Queen were, were portrayed in the most positive light. The Queen is wise. You know, she's unafraid to speak up against her husband, Lisa. She's young. She, but she's also very smart, knows what she wants, and she refused to let anyone else dictate her life. And then there's, Patrice, who's a little more problematic. She's the the younger sister, but she's very money hungry, boy crazy, willing to do anything or anyone to get ahead. And it kind of sends a bad message about American women, specifically Black women. Like it portrays them as if they're lazy, like they don't want to work hard like Lisa does. She just wants to get her easy way inside the door instead of working for it. And that also harkens back to Colorism between the two sisters, Lisa is of lighter skin tone and Patrice is of darker skin tone. And it portrays or perpetuates the negative stereotype that light is good, dark is bad. And that not only occurs in that film, but most black films where there's a good and evil character, you see that a lot. Or look at most Tyler Perry films, and he's been called out for it. The light skinned protagonists are the ones who are being oppressed or they're the nicer ones and the darker ones are always the villains, whether it's male or female across the board. That's a very harmful portrayal for black people. It's just too common in black media and in the Coming to America films, that's very obvious. And then even in the sequel, you have Leslie Jones, who's entertaining in her role, but it's she's almost like a carbon copy of Patrice McDowell. She's the aggressive one. And it's like, why does that have to continue even in the 21st century?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I felt like uh, there were times where maybe her character was a little crass. um, And with Leslie Jones being not only someone of a darker skin tone, but someone like who you would identify as like a bigger woman. um, It would have been nice to see her sort of playing a character who was less... Know kind of crazy, and I think there was definitely an arc where she kind of stepped into being part of Zumunda at the end. Um, but I don't know if it got all the way there, mostly because there's just so many characters in coming to America that to be able to give every single person the most satisfying finale, um, maybe I think some characters got shortchanged along the way. Um, but with that being said, how do you think that coming? to America stacks up with coming to America is one better is one worse, or is it sort of hard to definitively say, because there's a lot of nuance.
2: I agree. There is a lot of nuance. So it is hard to say which film is better. Mm -hmm. But one thing I felt like was a major shortcoming of the sequel is that it relies far too much on nostalgia. Yeah. For example, there are so many callbacks to the first film, which is fun for fans but it gets overwhelming like every other scene they're repeating a dialogue that was stated in the first film or they have a identical story arc and anytime you're making a sequel it should be a new chapter in the story and by new it should be completely new ideas like for example having the son character on Prince Lavelle having him be the new Akeem so to speak that was an interesting twist but once they brought him into the story it was more or less a repeat of a team story.
0: Yeah. And based on that, I'm very curious to hear your overall review of the movie, uh, because that actually takes us into the segment of the podcast where we're going to score the movie. We're each going to give our own scores based on a five-star system. One score will judge the cinematic quality of the movie while the other, the Incluvi score will judge the quality of the representation in the film. So Dante, what would you
2: say? On a cinema scale, I'd give it a three because it's a great film, but it's not without its flaws. And no film is. Like There will never be a such thing as the perfect film. But However, I do believe that every film is someone's favorite film. Even something really bad like, uh, I don't know, like Transformers. <laughs> that movie, hey, those films, <laughs> they have their critics. But, of course, there's someone somewhere who loves the Transformers movies, hence why they keep making them, and each one makes billions of dollars every time. So that's the case where well, it's coming to america it's not the perfect film but i enjoy it and other people have enjoyed it so it has its worth somewhere in there so that's why i give it a three not a total five but if there is hopefully another installment there's room for improvement as on the inclusive scale in terms of its diversity i give it a five out of five
0: yeah i mean i think absolutely uh it was, it's nice to just have a movie that doesn't really feel like it needs to have that many white people in it in order to be commercially appealing. Uh, as far as the cinema score for Coming to America, I personally would have to give it one and a half stars. I mean, the production design was absolutely fantastic, and Ruthie Carter really carried the movie. If you haven't seen her episode of Abstract, Art of the Design on Netflix, you absolutely should. It's really amazing getting to see the mind of an artist like that and see her process and see how long she's been in the industry, uh, especially considering now she's really having a huge moment. Um, I do personally wish that a movie of this scale and of this importance had a script that ultimately did it justice, but the production and what this movie kind of represents is immensely powerful and... I do think that gives it a lot of value. For the inclusivity score, I would have to say a three. Um, I do think that the cast being made up entirely of black talent is worth celebrating. But in terms of intersectionality, I definitely feel that it maybe lacked in its portrayal of women and had problematic moments, um, such as playing off Akeem's assault at the hands of Leslie Jones' character as a joke. And specifically, one that really stood out to me personally was in one of the barbershop scenes, Eddie Murphy's barber character made an offensive comment about having a trans grandchild. And it just didn't have a place in the movie. Um, I felt like there was no need to really punch down on trans people in a movie that is otherwise celebrating an identity.
1: Yeah, I think that hearing both... You know, you, uh, Matthew, and Dante's review, um, I think for me, uh, the Incluvy score, I would give it about a 3.5. Like both of you, I do want to celebrate, you know, the majority, all Black cast members, writers, directors, uh, but I still feel like the film wasn't entirely inclusive of gender as we saw through um, the women characters. I think their portrayals and storylines were, again, a little bit underdeveloped and somewhat, you know, secondary to the male leads that we saw. So that kind of knocks it down a score for me. Um, And for the movie score, I'm going to give it a two because I think that there was no lasting impression for me besides the nostalgia that, you know, you Dante mentioned, with seeing a lot of these original characters come to life, um, I just didn't find the story that riveting. I wish that they had, you know, had a new idea besides bringing in again that, you know, male lead character going to America and, you know, seeing it all kind of Come together that way, but just in a you know from a different character perspective um, but the production value with the costumes and the set design really helped up the score a bit for me. Thank you so much uh for joining us for this conversation. Dante It was really great to hear your thoughts on coming to America.
0: Where can our viewers connect with you on social media?
2: Well, I am on Instagram. That's where I do most of my communicating with the outside world. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Dante Orange, M-R-D-A-N-T-E, orange like the color, Mr. Dante Orange.
0: Yeah, uh, and we just want to say thank you so much for joining us and sharing your perspective on coming to America. Honestly, um, it really did like uh, having watched the movie i admit i wasn't the biggest fan just because i was kind of taking it at face value but when you sort of talk about what it meant to you and the different aspects of the celebratory nature of the film it definitely uh gives a a different perspective that i could take into account if i watched it for a second time so i always appreciate um hearing different people's thoughts and i appreciate hearing your thoughts in particular and i really like what you said about every movie being someone's favorite movie i think that's kind of like a a beautiful statement and something that's very valid
1: yeah thank you for being thank here you.
0: thank you the Incluvi movie podcast is hosted by dara eleazar and me matthew stuyuso our show is produced and edited by hazel bolivar our executive producer is Kathy E. Special thanks to Dante Orange for joining us this week and Francesca Fox for filling in for Dara. Our theme music is made by Waterboy.
1: You can visit Incluvy.com to rate movies on their diversity and read reviews focused on representation in media. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Incluvi. That's I-N-C-L-U-V.
0: Thank you so much for listening, and be sure to join us in two weeks when we will be discussing Promising Young Women.